Do you feel like you need God's encouragement and wisdom throughout the week to take hold of His promise to fly like an eagle? You come to the right place. Welcome to Eagles on the Hill. Let's join our host, Pastor Jeff Scheich. Hey, people, I am your host, Pastor Jeff Scheich. Thanks for joining us. I want to encourage you to look for, search for Eagles on the Hill on YouTube, and you can hit the subscribe button in the lower right-hand corner and subscribe to our YouTube channel, get all the videos delivered right to you. Also, encourage you to follow us wherever you uh, listen to podcasts. Follow us as we together follow Jesus and draw strength from him to fly like an eagle. Today's podcast is occasioned by some emails that I've gotten based on a previous podcast, some questions regarding that podcast. It was the podcast I did a couple of weeks ago about the Supreme Court decisions that were released at the end of June of 2023. And one of those Supreme Court decisions was the denial by the Supreme Court denying President Biden the opportunity that he wanted to have to forgive the debt of various uh, college students, uh, master students, doctoral students, to be able to uh, have others pay through their taxes to pay off the student debt of those who uh, had taken out those loans and were now the beneficiaries of it. And I talked at that time about how that decision uh, of the Supreme Court aligned with the seventh commandment and the Lutheran numbering of the commandments, thou shalt not steal, that that was stealing. And so I got a couple uh, responses to that, particularly asking um, if taxes equals stealing. Or are there other government programs that we should also say the government is stealing money from us through taxes or that sort of thing? So questions about stealing and taxation and and all that sort of stuff. So there were some great, really insightful questions that I wanted to kind of delve a little bit further into that topic today. So I want to begin by taking a look at Romans chapter 13, where God specifically talks about taxes in the scriptures. And uh, St. Paul writes these words under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He says, this is why you pay taxes. For the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. So uh, God in the scriptures there specifically uh, says that taxes are part of his plan for those who are governing. So then how is it that I was equating taxation with stealing? That's the question. Well, specifically, taxes are to be gathered by the government in an effort to bless those who are paying those taxes, bless the society at large. So, for instance, government might collect taxes and use those taxes to build a system of roads. Government might collect taxes and use that money for the common defense of the nation. Uh, government might collect taxes and use those taxes for a um, uh, to fund the police, uh, fund uh, firefighters, fund an ambulance service, that sort of thing. So for the general welfare of the people, that's what is envisioned with taxation in that passage. That is was also the vision of the United States when the United States was founded. Um, it was founded on biblical principles and specifically on this principle, thou shalt not steal. And what they meant by that is that taxes should not be collected from one person because the government believed that it was uh, beneficial for another person to have the money that was truly owned by the first person. So here's how we think about that logically. Uh, Let's uh, make a scenario where uh, I live on a street and there is a person next door to me that has more money than I do. 
And I decide, you know what? I need some of his money myself. I deserve to have what he has. And so I go into his house, I break into his house, and I take a $100 bill off his dresser and put it in my pocket and walk out. We all know that is stealing. Thou shalt not steal. We all get that. Now, let's extrapolate on that scenario. Suppose that I and a number of other neighbors decide, you know, there is a particular rich neighbor on this street, and there is also a poor neighbor at the other end of the street, and he's going through some actually very difficult times. That rich person really needs to give some of his money to that poor person, but I'm not seeing him do that. So we all vote that I should go into the rich person's house, take the $100 bill, not put it in my own pocket, but go give it to that poor neighbor who really needs it. That also is stealing. The neighborhood has no right to go into that one person's house and take money out and give it to another person who we believe deserves it more. I think we would agree with that, that that would be stealing. Now, let's extrapolate a little further. Suppose that millions upon millions of people vote and put people in the House of Representatives and in the Senate and as President of the United States, and the House and the Senate and the President all decide to uh, put through some uh, bills because, you know, there are certain people in this country that really have too much, and they need to be taxed. Uh, by taxation, what we mean is they need to be forced to give money to the government. And if they don't give money to the government, we're going to put them in prison. And so the government then takes their money, and of course the government, in its wisdom, understands that certain other people need that money more than those rich people. And so they develop a system where they'll dole out money to people who need it, and they'll get that money from people who have it, whom the government believes should not have it. I would hope that we understand that that too is stealing. As the United States was founded, that was the understanding of our nation. For instance, you might have heard of a guy named Davy Crockett. He's a famous frontiersman from the 1820s, 1830s. But he also served in the House of Representatives. And uh, during that time, there was a bill that came up in the House of Representatives. And I want to read some comments from Davy Crockett in the 1820s and 30s on the floor of the House of Representatives. This is an uh, excerpt from a thing online at fee.org, F-E-E.org. One day in the House of Representatives, a bill was taken up appropriating money for the benefit of a widow of a distinguished naval officer. Several beautiful speeches had been made in its support. The Speaker of the House was just about to put it to the question when Davy Crockett arose, began to speak. He said, Mr. Speaker, I have as much respect for the memory of the deceased as any man in this house, but we must not permit our respect for the dead or our sympathy for a part of the living to lead us into an act of injustice to the rest of the living. Congress has no power to appropriate this money as an act of charity. Every member upon this floor knows it. We have the right as individuals to give away as much money of our own as we please in charity. But as members of Congress, we have no right so to appropriate a dollar of the public money. Some eloquent appeals have been made to us upon the ground that it is a debt due the deceased. Mr. Speaker, the deceased lived long after the close of the war. He was in office to the day of his death, and I have never heard that the government was in arrears to him. So just a specific item about this case, this was a distinguished naval officer who had died, and if the person had died in service of his country on the battlefield, this would be a whole different story. But this person had not died in the service to his country. In fact, he had retired from the service and had lived a long time afterward. But when he died, he was such a distinguished officer that there was a sentiment and 
a good sentiment, I would say, on the house to be able to bless his widow. The problem was that in order to, for the government to bless his widow, the government had to steal money from others in order to do that. And so Davy Crockett argued that everyone should want to bless the widow, and indeed we can do that from our own private funds. But we cannot do that by vote of Congress and take money from others to give it to this widow. The bill went down to defeat by a large margin. That was the understanding of our nation in the 1820s and 30s, in alignment with the commandment, thou shalt not steal. So, uh, you might say, well, then, that's certainly not the understanding today. What, what has happened in our nation? How, how do we go from that understanding to where we are now, where the government takes billions upon billions, trillions even of dollars from some people and gives them to other people, whether rich or poor? Uh, and whatever the case might be, the government is transferring money from one group to another group. How did that happen? Well, my sense is that uh, under Franklin Delano Roosevelt at the time of the Great Depression, there was a hue and cry for the government to do something to help with the Great Depression, with to help all the people going through such difficult, difficult times. And I can certainly understand that sentiment. And indeed, some were helped, for sure. However, there is a, I believe, misconception about the result of that. Whenever you get away from following God's Word, the results are never that good. In fact, sometimes downright bad. There's a book by Amity Schles called The Forgotten Man. I would encourage you to take a look if you'd like to read further on this. But Amity Schles in that book goes through exactly what was the result of FDR's policies during the Great Depression. And if you look at history, the Great Depression lasted all the way from 1929 until 1939. In fact, there was depression after depression that happened until the beginning of World War II. It was only World War II that brought the nation out of the Great Depression. So all of FDR's policies helped some people, for sure, but they didn't help the nation get out of the Great Depression until World War II arrived. And that's the case that Amity Schles makes in this book, The Forgotten Man. So I encourage you to take a look at that book if you'd like more information about that or have an interest in that. And then, of course, what happened is uh, Lyndon, Bain Johnson, Lyndon Baines Johnson, LBJ, in the 1960s, began the War on Poverty. And, um, well, has the War on Poverty helped? Have we gotten—are uh, there no more poor in the United States? I would say that there are more poor. Now, our poor in the United States don't rival in any way the poor around the world, for sure. There's no comparison. But nevertheless, the war on poverty, I believe, has harmed the poor. In fact, uh, President Reagan, after LBJ left office, and Reagan was in office in the 1980s, LB, uh, President Reagan always had fun things to say, uh, just a very funny guy. But um, one of his funny quips was, the war on poverty is over, and poverty won. Um, we, I don't know that we've helped the poor as much as we intended to. The intentions were awesome. They were great. But I don't know that it worked. Again, government taking money from some and giving it to others in opposition to this seventh commandment. So what does the Bible say, though? Do we just let the poor go? Do we just do nothing about the poor? I thought the Bible said we should be generous to the poor. If the Bible says we should be generous to the poor, what's who's we but us, the government? Who is that? Well, if you take a look at certain scriptures uh, in totality, you'll begin to see who is to be generous to the poor. I'll just quote two verses here, Proverbs 28, verse 27, those who give to the poor will lack nothing, but those who close their eyes to them 
will receive many curses. Wow, God wants us, me, you, to help the poor. Deuteronomy chapter 15. If anyone is poor among your fellow Israelites in any of the towns of the land the Lord your God is giving you, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward them. Pretty direct scripture, pretty direct command of God to care for the poor. Who is Who are those commands given to? I'll give you three choices. Us, the church, or the government. If you answer the government, that's not correct. If you answered you and me, you are correct. And in the New Testament, we see those same commands given to the church, to God's people, to care for the poor. How does that happen? It happens voluntarily. So we see in the New Testament, for instance, St. Paul running around the Mediterranean, gathering funds from various churches, all voluntarily given by the people of the churches to take to Jerusalem to care for the poor in Jerusalem and Judea because they were going through a famine. So how we care for the poor biblically is individually giving of the resources God has given to us and as a church coming together voluntarily to bless the poor. So what do we do now? We are in the United States a long, long way from the biblical idea of how the poor are cared for and blessed. And we are in violation of the seventh commandment big time as we take, I believe it's trillions of dollars from one group of people and then give it to another group of people whom the government says needs it more. If we were to change that, those programs immediately, overnight, chaos would result in society. So what do we do? Well, I believe here's the encouragement to us to understand as Christians what the Bible says, that the poor among us are truly helped by individuals, by the church, by organizations like, I'll give you one in Lincoln, People City Mission, that exists on donations given to it and is able to bless the poor in ways that are far better, far superior than what the government can do. This is going to take a long time to bring a shift back to, uh, to our previous understanding of how best to care for those in need. But we Christians can lead the way by helping neighbors, friends, understand this is the way it should be done. I think all of us are aware that helping people one-on-one -on -one is much, much more effective than just the government giving handouts. The government giving handouts has not really helped all that much. It's helped financially, but it hasn't helped spiritually, emotionally, mentally, those we're trying to help. So if we are going to fly like eagles, if we're going to follow Jesus, if we're going to bless others truly, we need to take God's word to heart with regard to the seventh commandment. That's what we got for you today. I pray that it's a blessing as you wrestle this through and uh, discover how best to serve Jesus. I want you to write us at eaglesonthehill211 at gmail.com. That's all one word, eaglesonthehill, no spaces, dots, dashes, underscores, eaglesonthehill211 at gmail.com. Let us know what you're thinking. Give us your comments, questions. Uh, give us some topics you'd like us to talk about. We'd love to hear from you. Subscribe again on our YouTube channel, Eagles on the Hill. Just search for it and hit the subscribe button in the lower right-hand corner. Follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, join us as we get together a couple times a week, and we rejoice in the promise of God that those who hope in the Lord will fly on wings like eagles. We pray that God blesses your day today. Thanks for joining us.